This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12? And while you're doing that, I want to share a little something with you. I, uh, back in May 2020, what was that, about 10 years ago now? May 2020, it was at least a decade ago. Um, we had converted our church into a prayer chapel at that point. How many of you in third service were back or available for when we did the prayer chapel? We just opened it up and said, come and pray. Uh, we, we created a little prayer journey and it was just really powerful. And you know, people would come out the other side with, with uh, tears uh, streaming down their face, a grown man, like just, but the Lord was just moving in here. And, and in one of those days, a, a lady came out uh, to me and she said, um, she was really super nervous about it. She's like, Darren, um, you don't know me. And she was right. I did not. Um, but I've been praying for you and for this church. And I feel like I have a word that God wants me to give you. But if it's not legitimate, you can reject it, whatever. You know, she was doing all the appropriate things when someone decides I'm going to give you a word, right? And she said, um, she opened her Bible to the book of Acts chapter 18. You don't have to turn there. Uh, and maybe make a note and go later, but this is what she said that she felt the Lord wanted me to hear. She said, if I saw you, I knew I was going to do this. And she was super scared because um, she didn't know me. I'm like an old guy. And, and here's what she read to me. So I was reading this and this is what I think that the Lord has a word for you specifically and for your church. Acts 18 verse nine, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid Keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. And that word for me at that moment was, I believe they would call that a rhema word, like it just downloaded. You know when you're, you're going to load an app on the iPhone and it just loads really quick because that, that was made for it? It just went right into me. And I knew immediately what she meant. You know, starting in March, when these lockdowns began, they started locking down Uganda. They started locking down Togo, Nepal, using the exact same policies that Western countries were using with no understanding that that's not going to work in a place where there's no food, there's no storage, there's no refrigerator here. There's no market. There's no public transportation. Women were immediately beginning to die in childbirth because they couldn't get to a hospital. Now, one of the, I think, greatest tragedies of that was a lack of recognition that we kind of know who's at, at risk as far as death. We know there's other risks and factors and things, but at death, there's a certain age group where it's, it's more dangerous to, but on the African continent, the average age is 35 years old. So when you look at the numbers now across sub-Saharan Africa and all these epidemiologists like, well, we can't figure out what's going on. We can't figure out why, why is it not, why have we not seen these tragic death numbers here? And I'm telling you why, they already died. Malaria, diphtheria, polio, dirty water, poverty kills people. They don't make it to 75. But without any of that happening, all we were hearing was we got to shut the whole thing down and now children are going to suffer immensely in other countries. And we were already seeing it in the countries we worked in. Already seeing families that 
could not provide for their children. What do you do? I mean, I grew up on welfare and I knew that when we were getting to, maybe some of you experienced, you know, you're getting to the end of the month, right? When you're about to have more month than you do money. And so suddenly everything is pasta um, for those. But at least we had pasta. At least we had food banks. There's nothing there. And for me, that was a great crime. The UN World Food Program was announcing this alarm. This is a huge mistake. We're going to kill tens of thousands, if not millions of children of starvation. We're going to see, because of a myopic approach, diphtheria, malaria, polio, vaccinations, because none of that's being done. Those diseases are now on the upswing. I was talking about that in March and April. And some of you maybe remember that. And, and here's the thing, you know, in full disclosure, maybe I wasn't the nicest guy about it. I mean, I don't know. I was angry. But it was true, and it was, I, I felt like I needed to say it. But by May, I'm like, well, maybe this is really dumb. Like, maybe I'm driving this church into the ground, and maybe I need to back off on this. Um, because, you know, on the one hand, if you hear me say this, you might think, well, Darren's real cavalier about COVID-19. He's really... And, and it's not at all the case. I didn't, that wasn't how I felt, but that maybe was how I was being received. And at that point, I was like, what do I do here? Like, do I just shut up and be, you know, whatever we need to do here? And she comes along with this word and says, keep speaking. Keep, they're not going to beat you. And here's what I heard from that. My fear, if I'm being really honest, was not a fear that someone was going to take me out back here and, and whoop me. Um, in candor, we have people around here right now that would not let that happen, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> My fear was, they're going to say mean things to me. Like, honestly, that's kind of what I was afraid of. Like, what, they're going to say mean things about me. They're going to they're gonna misunderstand, and they're going to tweet, and they're going to send me emails. And, and there's a little bit of this word of the Lord saying, hey, Darren, why don't you grow up? Um, why don't you get courage <laughs> to... It is third service. Why don't you get courage? The, the worst they're going to say to you is say things about you. Sorry. It's my wife right there. Ladies and gentlemen, Shannon Tyler. And that word was what fueled me with the courage that we needed to keep speaking keep saying, and can I just say that in the last 10 months, however long this has been, 10 years since October, <laughs> uh, 65 families have gone free because of you guys on a Sunday morning gathering here. Those four families went free on New Year's Eve. How awesome of a New Year's Eve celebration is that? You, my precious conduit family, have provided 147,000 meals for people in Asia, in North Africa, in Haiti just this week. Another few hundred people were given food who have no access. There's no food bank. There's no check coming for them. You guys did that. And I'm here to tell you that I could say with 150% certainty that at the very minimum, half of that would not have been done had we have not been gathering live and in person. And I'm thinking it's more than that. I'm just going to give conservative. There's a reason why when you go to a Christian music concert, again, whenever they start them, that Compassion International does their presentation at a concert because it's effective. 
Because there's something that happens when Jesus' people come together that inspire you. It's Hebrews 10.24. That's why we're here. It's not that we're trying to risk lives. It's not that we're trying to take lives. We're literally trying to save lives by being here. And I'm happy to report to you in just 10 months, you have done that in ways that were unimaginable before that I could have not imagined. The unofficial uh, tagline of Conduit Mission for the past 10 years is, we're not screwing around. <laughs> we actually had t-shirts. We should bring back those t-shirts. Conduit mission, we're not screwing around. In 2021, we're going on the offense. This past year, I felt a little bit like I was on the ropes. Um, when I was a little guy, I bo boxed. Can you believe that? <laughs> I was a little boxer, like third and fourth grade. If you need somebody to play Carmen when he's a kid in the boxing, I'm just saying... I was the little stubby kid who was always boxing kids that were really tall and skinny. So they, like, they could put their hand on my forehead and I'm you know, not hitting anything. <laughs> but the only way a kid that size was going to win anything in a boxing match was going on the offense, getting scrappy, getting on it. And I'm telling you, that's what I feel like the Lord is calling us to do this year is to armor up and to get off the ropes and go straight into the battle. The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. The, the, the emotional health of our teenagers, of our youth, Jerry and Tracy, that is a gate of hell that they are behind. You guys are going to kick that door down. Kathleen, when you're out on the road and, and you're literally prophesying through your music, there's gates of depression and anxiety and bondage. And it's not the cool vibe that breaks the yoke. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So when you're out there just prophesying on your piano and you're kicking down gates of hell right and left from, it, from what God has done in, in you and will continue to do in you. With that said... The word that I got on that day was what I would say was a 1 Corinthians 12 word of wisdom. Okay, that's a gift of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That gift, that word that I got that I believe was inspired by the Holy Spirit through a willing vessel given to me, the gift that it gave me, okay, wasn't the word itself. The gift that it gave me was unity for our church. You see, when you see gifts mentioned in the New Testament, you're going to see them in Ephesians 4, you'll see them in Romans 12, and you'll see them in 1 Corinthians 12. And in all three of those lists, all three of those contexts, they all are in context of unity, of a body. This is how the body works together. These gifts here in Ephesians 4, it's going to bring unity here. These gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, there's all kinds of diversities, but we're with the same spirit. Romans 12, this is like the body. This is how it's going to happen. The gift that this gave me, that one 1 Corinthians 12 word of wisdom, gave us unity here because it encouraged us in my gift of teaching of discernment to go after things like freeing slaves, to go after things like feeding children in Africa. And what it did was then we're all now gathered around a unified front of taking on the kingdom of darkness. 
I have a newsflash for you. If we're trying to unify our church around politics, it's not going to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen. It was the gifts of the Spirit that God gave us as a tool to unify us as a body. And a unified body is not screwing around. No wonder, like when I even start talking about the spiritual gifts, some of y'all come from a background where this is making you incredibly uncomfortable immediately. Like, what, 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 what are we going to do that? What are we going to do next? But, but no, seriously, and it's, I, mean, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but at the same time, I'm serious because I think that's part of the plan of the enemy. You might have seen an abuse somewhere. You might have seen something that was really done this way. And so what ends up happening is what God meant in 1 Corinthians 12 to bring us unity instead brings division. That's the plan of the enemy, not the plan of God. He wants to bring us unified together. And what I want to show you in the few minutes that we have here we're just going to start this this week and we're going to go for the next few weeks. I want to show you these three lists, these three different types of gifts of the Spirit, these three different categories, these three different purposes, and all three of them are alive and well and active today. And all three of them, as the body of Christ, if we put all three of these in motion, we become a triple threat to the kingdom of darkness. We can go at it with 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, that's a threat to the kingdom of darkness. We can go at it with Romans 12, threat to the kingdom of darkness. Same with Ephesians 4, but all three of them, that's how God designed them to be. And when they're all working in concert with each other, look out, Satan. The church at Ephesus, the church at Corinth, and the church in Rome all have one thing in common with the church at Conduit and the church in the United States, and that was that they lived in increasingly hostile times towards Christianity and the body of Christ. And God's answer to that was these gifts. Every one of them is in the context of this, and here are these gifts. Now that said, what are these gifts? Let's let's actually start first real quickly, and I'm going to blow through these because I want you to be able to get to lunch in time. It's true, I know if you've been around, you know this, but if you're new, you need to know this, that uh, if you have a skinny preacher, you should be very concerned, okay? Because he's not thinking about lunch, okay? He's going to go very long, okay? I've been thinking about lunch since 8 a.m. So I want you to know, I also am aware, so we're not going to dilly-dally on this because I want to get you where God wants you to be. But I want to, before you go, I want to give you something to think about. The teenagers are like, oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, I want to read to you verses 4, 5, and 6. And I want to show you why I think these are three lists and three categories and each with a part of the Trinity. And then I want to show you uh, quickly what those are and what that means for us in these coming weeks. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, And in everyone, it is the same God at work. Did you see that? Three. He's talking about three different things. And now if you cross-reference this, the first one, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. 1 Corinthians 12 specifically says those gifts are from, distributed by the Holy Spirit. That's speaking of the gifts of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians 12. The second one, it says there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Those are gifts 
associated with Jesus. Ephesians 4 tells us that those gifts of Ephesians 4 are given by Jesus. And it says specifically that therefore works of ministry, the same exact word, diakonios, in here uh, in verse 5 uh, of services, diakonios, Ephesians 4, same Greek word, those are speaking of the gifts of Ephesians 4. Are you following me? If not, it's okay, it'll be over soon. The third one, verse six, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God, the Father at work. Romans 12 speaks of gifts that were given to us by the Father. And it speaks of the the word working there is like um, uh, energima, energima. It's like a a Greek word that just speaks of this is what you're motivated by. This is how you're wired. This is how you're going to be moving about in life. And what I hoping to show you briefly today, but then effectively over the next few weeks, is that every believer has access to the Romans 12 gifts. Every one of you has one of those. You were given that at birth. It's who you were created to be. The enemy wants to harm your gift, and God wants to heal it and to release it. All these things, Myers-Briggs, disc profile, Enneagram, they're, they're nice, they're effective, And they're just trying to reverse engineer what the Bible did 2,000 years ago, which is to say that you were made and wired a specific way that I want you to move about and to get energy from in the world. The gift that I have would be, you would see the gift of teaching on here. It doesn't mean that I'm smart. I assure you that's not it. It's that I'm just really curious, that I I won't let go of it. I got to figure it out. That's why in April and March, I'm reading epidemiologists like Francois Ballot from France because I'm just trying to find somebody that's not running for president to tell me what's happening. (laughs) Just tell me the truth and let's figure out what's true. It was not about what's right. It's about what's true. Honestly, it's why we opened up our children's ministry in June. By June, we already knew YMCA never once shut down their children's operation. Their preschools were open the entire time. Not a single outbreak in a YMCA in the United States. Europe, you wouldn't know this from watching TV, never shut their schools down. And if they did, it was just for a week or two and then opened them back up again. No outbreaks have been associated, major outbreaks have been associated with schools. Okay, That was the easiest hard decision I've ever made. Because and then nobody was really looking at that. And if I was wrong, people's lives are, I mean, there's, there's a big risk we were taking. But I was willing to take the risk because if our children are going to be trapped behind masks all week, if our children are going to be cordoned off and isolated, could we, just, could we give them a gift of one hour a week? Just a week or just an hour. Is that, that was, we felt, and now some people didn't agree with that, and that's totally fine. We just thought for this hour, could we give that to them? And by the way, there are those of us in this room right now, you've got a situation where you're higher at risk. You're like, we want you to know if you, if you feel like you've got to, if you, the mask is for you and that's for you and your kids, whatever, we 100% support it. You're not being judged right now. You're not. But we felt my gift of digging deep and reading whatever, that gift was leading us towards How do we make a decision to make this a place where we could bring children in and give them at least one battle against the mental depression, anxiety, and fear that's happening to our kids in record numbers? Suicides are up. 
the uh, opioid addiction uh, overdoses are up. It's all over the country right now. It's not that we can't look at the virus as serious and the consequences is serious. We have to look at them both. And the gift that I had in that was to say, we were, we're going to look at all this information and hopefully make the right decision on whether it's serious or not. And at the same time with my gift, right, maybe being that gift of teaching and discerning, I needed people beside me who had the gift of mercy that I could listen to them. Because some of you, even in this room right now, you've got somebody who's sick with COVID, maybe even in a hospital, maybe you've lost a loved one. That's not a data point to you. That's your dad. It's not just some number on a chart. It's your family or your friend. The gift of mercy coming alongside my gift of teaching says, hey, Darren, you're kind of being a jerk nozzle here. You kind of need to back off a little bit with how cold you are here. And when these gifts all start working together, I believe these ministry gifts are the ones that the Lord wants to use for us out of Romans 12 to lead a church, to lead us as Jesus people into this next season. For you that have the gift of mercy, I need you by my side. There, there, there's this gift in here of, of administration, of, of uh, details, and of you know, making sure that, that we don't go off of the rails here. I need you by my side. God bless Amy Roberts. She's going to be, there's probably already a bronze statue in heaven of Amy Roberts somewhere that we'll all walk by and say, oh, I remember her. Uh, Because she's the one that makes sure that when millions of dollars have gone through our ministry, that on the other side of that ministry, that we need to make sure that money goes where it's supposed to go. Amy's what she does, the gift of administration. Mo Tiemann, one of our staff, that's his gift. Guardian all day long. His job is to not sleep at night so I can. (laughs) He's crushing it. (laughs) Shannon's what we call the gift of service, the gift of getting crap done. And it's that gift that you just, she'll recruit anybody. You've got to be careful. But she is a force of nature and stuff just gets done, recruiting it in. And when you're surrounded by, right, Kelly and Bob and Carol and like literally like a force of nature that happens in here. We needed all of those gifts for this church for these last 10 months to be and to have accomplished what we've accomplished in here. Those are the Romans 12 gifts. The first Corinthians 12 gifts I've shared with you a little bit. We'll go into that in depth. I do believe that the Holy Spirit is moving. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking. I believe that there is no indication in the scripture anywhere that I've seen that the the Holy Spirit taps out, right? Like professional wrestling. And now he's tagged you in and he'll meet you in heaven. That's not the way that works. And we'll talk about that. Now, some of you get nervous. You start thinking this. I would ask you this, by the way, before you, because some of you hear that and you think, okay, I'm not going to come here anymore because he's about to go all charismatic on me. At least let me explain to you what I think the Bible says about it. Right? So if you, if you get mad and leave, at least leave for what I am going to say, not what you think I'm going to say, if that makes sense. <laughs> give me a chance, right? That's all I'm asking for is give me a chance. <laughs> I would say, just to, to make you feel a little bit better, just think of us as charismatics with seat belts. <laughs> We're not going to run you into a wall. I mean, it's just... I'll say it even more truthful. We're 1 Corinthians 14 charismatics. Decency 
and in order. You know, if you're Stella from my home church and you decide today is the day for the tongue and interpretation, she's in heaven now, so maybe I can say this. And she'd stand up and it'd be like, oh, stood at a key, oh, stood at a key. And it was always when you brought a friend to church. It was like, Stella, come on, man. Like, throw me a bone. That's not what we're talking about here. I just want to give you, give you a heads up on that. And we're going to talk about these Ephesians 4 gifts. These fivefold ministry gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Do you wonder, are there prophets today? Do you wonder why? Why does it say prophet in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, but it only says mercy in Romans 12? Like, why is it some lists have all three, one list has only one, and the other have two? I'll explain to you that what I think it is, because I think they're three separate lists with three separate purposes attached to a member of the Trinity. When you look at Ephesians 4, there's been some error, I would say, in what an apostle is. Uh, the idea that an apostle comes and rides into town and like wider, but now I'm in charge of your church and I'm going to run this place. And have you ever wondered why the word missionary is not in the Bible? It's what the word apostle means. It means sent one. If you see somebody or meet somebody that has apostle on their business card, you're probably done there. You probably, we're done. Because if... If I need to tell you that I'm a prophet, well, then we're, we might be done here because I, uh, this chair has never once told you that it's a chair, but by the way that it operates, you know that it's a chair. You'll know. They don't have to announce it ahead of time. But the word apostle just simply means missionary. It means someone that goes and starts stuff. The word prophet, uh, we'll get into it. It doesn't, it, I don't believe it's the same thing as the Old Testament prophet. There's something different. Evangelists, we need evangelists out there. We need shepherds out there. We need teachers out there. We need all of them. And I'm going to say, then you might disagree with this. Here's what I would ask of any of this, by the way, in this next series. Go Berean on me. Remember in the book of Acts, the Berean who were more noble than the others because they heard this, then they went to the word of God to see if it be true. Just do that. I'm going to say stuff and I'm going to say it from the word of God and then it's your job to go home and to look in the word of God and see if it be so. That's all I would ask of you. But I believe one of the things that I'm going to show you and you can go and look at it and see is that our modern world, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher are these career moves that you go to college and seminary to do and that doesn't seem to be what at all was happening in the Bible. I believe that every one of us could fill one of those roles in a church in the body of Christ. I'll go for the easy one, a teacher. You feel like God has called you to teach, and there's only one opportunity here on a, a Sunday, and you're waiting for the microphone, but I promise you every Sunday there's an opportunity just down the hall to teach. There's opportunities to teach Bible studies in your home. There's opportunities to teach your children, to teach neighborhood children. If you're just waiting for it to be a career move, that's going to, you might be waiting for a little while that you don't need to be waiting for. But in this world, if you understand what it means and what God is really trying to say that every church needs these things going on, I believe with all my heart, I want conduit to be a triple threat. I don't want to be the one that just camps out on 1 Corinthians 12. I don't want to be the ones that just camp out on Romans 12. I don't want to be the ones that just camp out on Ephesians 4. I want to be 
all of them because I believe that's what God wants for all of us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, brothers, I would not that you would be ignorant about spiritual gifts. One of my favorite scenes from The Office. So Michael Scott looks at Dwight and says, what's the most profound thing I've ever said to you? And Dwight says, easy, don't be an idiot. Whenever I start to do something, I think, would an idiot do that thing? And if he would, I do not do that thing. <laughs> That's profound. <laughs> That's what 1 Corinthians 12.1 means. Don't be an idiot. Would an idiot do that thing? No, well, don't do that thing. <laughs> don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. It's the one thing that God wants to use to unify a church, and it's the one thing Satan will use to divide it. And as we're getting ready to leave here, I want you to hear me say that it has unified our church. It has unified our staff. It has unified our leaders and has unified our team. Now, have there been people that have been offended and have left conduit? Yeah, trust me, yeah. But you know, maybe it was just because God had something for them at another church that they needed to be. My point is, is even that is unifying. Not in the way of like, well, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. You know, like, not, <laughs> not in that way. But in the way of like, sometimes without a little bit of upheaval, you'll stick around someplace God has wanted you to be called. Maybe God called you across the street to Graceland, but you're not going anywhere until Darren made you mad. Take one for the team, I guess. But if God wants to move people around, even that becomes a unifying front. One of the greatest ways to bring uniformity, to bring unanimity, to unity, whatever, is to clarify the mission. Because when you clarify the mission, then in a real hurry, someone's going to say, okay, that's actually not what I thought I signed up for. Totally fair and totally maybe something that the Lord wants you to be someplace else. It's, by the way, sad. I'm not happy when that happens at all. It makes me bummed. I'm sad. I like you. But I also recognize that the Holy Spirit sometimes moves us into different places. And like a good bottle of Snapple, if you sit still too long, all the good stuff floats to the bottom. You just got to shake it up. But even in that, the, what could have been division actually became unity. And what I think right now that our church needs, that the church of America, Jesus Church in America and around the world, we need more than ever is unity. And the way that we're going to get unity is not going to be with politics. The way that we're going to get unity is not to try to all agree on the same theological fine points. The way that we're going to achieve the unity is these gifts of the Spirit from Romans 12, from Ephesians 4, and 1 Corinthians 12 working together works us together now as a body and it leaves room for you to be who God has called you to be as a body. When I think back to these last few months, at our best moments of staff, when we were firing on all cylinders, we were all operating in our gifts. It just happened again this week. We had to figure out how we were going to get a floor put in for the kids, put that little, did you see the little Van Gogh porta potty down there? If not, you got to take it for a test drive. Like it's climate controlled, they've got music in there. Like, but we wanted some place for the kids to be that was safe. We needed flooring in there. We needed, so if you're a parent dropping off your kid that you don't feel like you've dropped them off like, you know, at the sale barn. And our team kicked into, sh just kicked into gear. It was like, it just stuff happened. 
We had the gifts of getting crap done going on. We had guardians moving. We, Bob and Carol put that floor together like a force of nature. Joey was in his role, and it just happened because that's how the body of Christ works together. And I'll say this, that's the good stuff. When it's gone sideways, when there has been conflict, when there has been rough or tension or whatever, it's when gifts are actually bumping up against each other. And what I mean by that is that me, my gift of teaching discerner, there's a way that I want to do something that I think it should be done. It is not going to be the way that Shannon thinks that it should be done. Which one is right? In Jesus' name, amen. I walked right into that. I mean, here's the thing. She's not wrong. I mean, it's like true. Most times when gifts are cramming against each other, it is viewed as conflict that you want to avoid. And I'm telling you, that's not what it is. It's tension that you can manage. See, when my opposable thumb comes together with my pointy finger, there's pressure here that allows me to accomplish great things in the kingdom of God. Nachos. You can't eat (laughs) chips and salsa without opposable appendages. You'll You'll find a way, Tammy. You're right, I would find a way. I'll be up here with my toes. It doesn't, that conflict doesn't make you weaker. It makes you stronger. It's called strength and it requires that kind of tension. And on that note, stand to your feet. I'm going to get you out of here now. Because <laughs> Shannon's right. She always is. I'm sorry. I pray that the Lord, I feel like I just dumped a box of Legos out and wish you good luck with it for this third service. It was a little more cohesive in the second if you want to actually make sense of what I just said. But this is where we're going in these next few weeks. We're going to start with the the life gifts of Romans 12 starting next Sunday. And then we're going to move into the uh, ministry gifts of Ephesians 4. And then we're going to move from that into the spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians 12. And with any luck, we will finish that on the day of uh, Pentecost coming up in front of... uh, So anyway, that's the hope as this year unfolds. Heavenly Father... Would you be with my brothers and sisters? Lord, would you, uh, would you unscramble the eggs that I have served here this morning? Pray that your word is uh, more powerful than my ability to even communicate it. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters. I'm thankful for these gifts of the Spirit. I'm thankful that you are still here, you're still alive, and you're still moving in our midst. Keep us safe, Lord. Lord, show us how even this week we could begin to move into the spirit gifts that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. (laughs) Thank you.